Hello, everybody. I feel like a zombie today. I was crying <laughs> till two in the morning last night. And you know one of those times when, when you cry so much that the next morning you just feel very light. Well, I'm feeling quite light and just... Yeah, only issue is my eyes, but besides that, I'm feeling great. Very grateful to be here <laughs> with you today. Um, I, I, I have no idea what this episode is going to be about or what I'm going to name it. I kind of wanted to come here and speak a little bit on a subject that I have been finding myself quite conflicted with and I would love to state in here because I don't want to get to give any mixed signals in here um oh my god excuse my voice I'm so sorry well last night I had a beautiful like well my day yesterday was amazing it was quite beautiful I'm back in Paris where I've been living this year and it was amazing. I had a little emotional breakdown towards the end of the day, let's say around 9, 9.30 p.m. all the way till I got back home. So on the way back home on the metro, walking home and walking to the metro, I was just bursting in tears. I was just crying. I, I could not help but just cry. And <laughs> when I was living here in Paris for the first time when I was 19, I it was the first time in my life where I publicly cried. And I remember that I felt like I had permission to do so because I would see some people, like I, I would see people on the streets crying sometimes. And I was like, well, I mean if I can't really hold it, you know, like what's, you know, nothing's going to happen. It's fine. And so I, I was actually quite grateful that people now on the Metro are just on their phones and with headphones. <laughs> it was quite liberating just, you know, sitting down, shedding some tears amongst people on their phone screens. <laughs> it was amazing. It was really liberating. And and there was this moment when I felt this touch of humanity um, when I was still inside the metro and I was facing the window and outside sitting on the sitting on the, on, on the seats on the platform, there was this man who was looking at me and we made eye contact for a second. And, you know, I knew that I was crying and that I probably looked pretty I looked pretty bad. And so I kind of looked away and then. I looked back at him and then he smiled at me and he kept smiling at me and then I smiled back and then he smiled a little bit, um, like a little bit harder, you know what I mean? He kind of like was doing, he kind of like did something with his hand kind of as a showing like, oh, you know, like, I don't know if it's, it was like, I'm, I'm here for you or a smile or whatever, but it was, it was a really nice, it was just and it made me cry even more, you know what I mean? Like, thinking about it just makes me want to cry just because, like, moments in, in, in a city where people say that, you know, sometimes, or when, when it feels like sometimes there's no touch of humanity anymore, you find those little things and it kind of 
regrounded me to the point where I was like, wow, you know, I, I'm so grateful. And, and I started feeling gratitude towards, like, I started thinking automatically about these acts of kindness from strangers that have become my friends and that now I'm so sad to leave behind. Not permanently. I'm heading back um, because my, re- my visa ran out two weeks ago. And yeah, it's pretty tough <laughs> relying on visas to to operate. I'm really grateful for that just because, um, you know, migration is not always... There's many different ways... Um, migration looks and looks very differently for each person and I'm quite grateful that I have managed to get visas for wherever I've lived but um, it's still pretty tough to you know leave a place when you're so attached to it and so comfortable so that was that was quite a moment for me Um, yeah and then I came back and I went on my medium so medium is this writing platform where you can follow me I post my writings and people post their writing the space it's amazing it's amazing Um, it's a space where writers uh, put their work aspiring writers you know let's say professional writers anyone can just share their writings and it's a really um, user-friendly platform and you can read other people's works and everything and so I received an email notification with the title of this um, of this piece written by Kristen Bebel. Bebel, I, I, I'm really sorry, I don't know how to pronounce this last name, but writes for people who are in crisis and experiencing suicidal thoughts. Even if I was not experiencing suicidal thoughts yesterday, I... I was truly touched and compelled by by the empathy that this writer, Kristen Babel, shows towards people who are currently or have experienced suicidal thoughts. Because sometimes, I, like yesterday, I don't know, like I feel like I'm doing my best and everything I can and, you know, I'm doing my all the things that I talk about in here, you know, like I, I'm doing my therapy and I'm doing my eating well and I'm doing my exercise and my daily walks and, and all these things. And regardless moments like yesterday, I just fucking crumble and I'm fucking crying on the Metro, um, smiling to strangers, (laughs) you know what I mean? And so that to me initially was kind of a little bit of I felt a little bit ashamed. I was like, why am I feeling this is so disgusting? The fact that I feel so bad for a visa running out when while there's refugees on the streets, people who literally have no papers and are raising their children on the streets. You know what I mean? That to me is really tough. And that was the first reason, the main reason why I left Paris for the first time when I was living here when I was 19 looking at the whole refugee crisis and feeling so helpless and I think I was just really overwhelmed initially and I I precisely felt like that I was like I don't feel great in a place in a city where there's a lack of humanity that's what I initially thought when I was living here back in 2018 2017 18 um, so it was quite interesting to definitely kind of like shift that pers- perspective um, 
a little bit with my own experience this year and feeling so sad about having to leave for a period of time. And so anyway, I came came, um, around those writings and I was like, this is amazing. This is precisely something I, I agree with. And initially, I think I... I remember <laughs> I remember when I put this podcast up for the first time it was uh, branded differently it was like a whole different thing it was not even the same name I remember that the person who put it up um who was in charge of like doing the um the admin of sending it to places and everything categorized the podcast as a self-help podcast and I remember when I saw that I was like why would you do that like this is terrible like (laughs) why would you do that I was so upset about this you know about about my show being submitted as a self-help podcast first because I have no license to help anyone I, I I truly don't this podcast is just purely based on experience and I just came here to talk literally about things that I care about or things that I discover or just to somewhat exchange with others, you know what I mean? And so I was really upset about this category popping up on my show. And probably that's one of the reasons why I restarted everything, because I wanted to do everything myself, and I wanted to kind of like step away from that image of, here's me with my advice that will feed into your emptiness. You know, I I just hate that. However, back in the day when I started my podcast, I was reading all these self-help books. I I have been a fan of self-help books for a while, probably because they really comforted me. In the literary way, they would comfort me because I've been, for my studies and everything, just reading like literature in French, English, and Spanish. (laughs) Just really boring and, I mean, not like boring, there's been some amazing stuff, but I've been reading really heavy and um, just kind of like just really dense things, you know, and I think I found fascinating the fact that people could just get away writing self-help books. And there's books that I absolutely love and respect, people whose work is amazing and I admire it so much. However, I, I did swear by everything that they would say and this belief of like, you know, it's everything's in our hands. And if we choose to and decide to, we can feel this way and, and we can be optimistic and we will never, ever be back on the ground. I used to be suicidal and now I adore life and I ne- have never looked back. You know, I used to kind of have that mentality and I was like, yes, <laughs> I was. Yeah, I I kind of felt that way. And <laughs> I think with time, I realized that that was not the case for everybody including myself I I have been through very 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 low and tough moments in times where I have felt very stable in my life where things are going right where I'm doing every like I'm generally just doing my best where I'm doing everything I can and where sometimes everything I can and everything I give doesn't it doesn't seem enough in some moments where I'm feeling like I have nothing or I have nothing to lose, you know. And um, I started finding this contradiction and I started seeing those that content a little bit unrealistic 
because it's not something that necessarily depends fully on us as individuals. Then I found immense healing in finding a community and belonging, experiencing belonging um, in an artistic uh, and really wholesome community back in New Zealand for a period of time. And that for the first time in my life, I was like, oh, wow, this does exist. And, you know, I... I, you know, it's not just for <laughs> people who decide to go and live on the forest on like those eco neighborhoods or, you know, whatever it is. Like, I can experience this in probably anywhere, you know. Like, I, I think for the first time I opened myself to joining something and belonging somewhere. And even though in that moment of my life, I remember feeling the most unstable and the, I, I, I was just going through a really tough breakup. And I remember I was. I had like just really fresh wounds out of this situation and I remember just how happy and fulfilled I felt and you know I would still get you know like my my breakdowns and I would feel sad sometimes but there was some like there was a big part of me that was so full and was so fulfilled out of these external uh, connections that at the end of the day, you know, it's kind of like ex external, internal, but I was feeling so fulfilled and I was for the first time, I was like, wow, like I'm coming here kind of like with my broken heart and, you know, with kind of nothing to offer at the moment. I'm just so emotionally unavailable and I feel held, I feel seen and therefore I'm valuable. You know, I, I feel something, I, I, f I, I belong somewhere, I am worth loving and I think that to me was the most life-changing experience at the time. Still remains one of the biggest learnings I've ever made. And then in that moment, I was like, I don't think I personally, me, Barbara, <laughs> I don't feel I can fully just rely on myself to feel fully stable. And I can do to an extent everything I can, which is what I tend to do every day because I... I I just I'm just here doing my best but um but we are there's a wider um there's a wider um part we belong to and we can seek that and and if we find it it feels really great and both parts our individual and that collectivity feed each other and they're not apart from each other I think um because of course if we fully rely on you know, like on, on other relationships and on the outside, that that internal part of us, individual and individuality might be aching a little bit. Um, and I think it's 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 about a balance between both. But um, but yeah. And in that moment, that's when I was like, I don't I don't think I believe in those in everything that these health self-help books and and gurus gurus. <laughs> oh, my God. Gurus <laughs> and gurus are telling me you know and of course in that moment I was like I, I, I <laughs> I'm done with self-help for a little bit just because I was feeling somewhat brainwashed to the point where I was like yeah like you know all I need to do is wake up at five in the morning thrive the fuck out of the day and go to sleep satisfied and don't get me wrong it's amazing it feels amazing feeling like you're doing things and you're showing up for yourself but at the same time I feel like there's a lot of healing when we find some sort of belonging within a collective 
you know i think human beings were made uh, were pack animals in a way you know like we've been migrating since the beginning of our times in packs <laughs> and i don't know how to say that even like phrase it better but we were wired to belong somewhere and i think that right now that i find that i'm f- that I'm finding that belonging and I'm like oh now I gotta leave and you know I think that's why I had this really horrible breakdown anyway anyway going back to the writing from the amazing writer Kristen Babel um I went through her piece of writing on it's called persistently suicidal maybe the problem is society not you and I thought that was quite a bold um title because it's generally like just picture all my self-help books on my mental bookshelf and my bookshelf as well. Just try to picture that everything you can. And then you see this title and it's literally the opposite of all of that. You know, it's generally the opposite that I've been feeding my brain regarding these kinds of things, you know. And I was like, that sounds really interesting. Let's see what this is about, you know. So what I found pretty interesting, I'm just going to pull out the um, the article right now. Um, once again, I I think these topics are so personal. And once again, I'm not a professional. I don't know if this writer is a professional at all. But I found, I think it's quite enriching finding the, um, finding some points, you know, some key points for, from everything. And Um, I'm just going to share some of the things that I found really interesting about this that I personally can say that I agree with to an extent um, from my experience as a migrant in different places where I can see how sometimes uh, external triggers or external situations really impact my well-being and it's not always about how I address things or how I run the day sometimes it's truly kind of feels beyond me and out of my control so she says that if suicidality were only something for an individual to address then we would not be then we would not observe the following suicide rates vary by country and region the age at which people die by suicide varies by country Suicide rates have largely been declining over time due to greater awareness and more support. We don't talk enough about how society contributes to suicidality, not nearly as much as we portray individuals as having an almost sole obligation to rid themselves of suicidal thoughts, leaving people who experience ongoing suicidal ideation in a difficult position. I found this so interesting because, once again, I think the content about the self-help reflections that we have been seeing across social media or in pop culture or um, on podcasts or whatever kind of like it's always addressing the individual and it's always kind of yeah pointing towards our inner climates which to some extent it's absolutely part of our brain chemistry how we're feeling and how we see the world and um and honestly and the chemical reactions that and the chemical reactions that our brain is going through however I I found really interesting the whole society aspect so she kind of like puts um three different main points about this and 
The first one says, society benefits people who are billed differently than you are. So pretty much, pretty much this talks about the different ways in which society rewards certain characteristics over others. For instance, she uses family as an example of ways in which people can operate differently. For instance, here she states that, what if your family thinks that getting together once a year is more than adequate, but you, but you long for a family where you can see each other weekly or almost daily at dinners and activities? In some cultures, several generations live together in one home, struggling and thriving together. In others, independence is prized above all else, and if you don't leave home at 18, you're a burden. I feel this is like sometimes truly I'm just kind of like oh I want to be with my family see my family all the time and then um all my family members have their own lives and have things to do and I think with um with how times have been with times changing and things going on for each person's lives like I think that's not always possible and you know it's the same for me like I I I don't live in my home country so if people wanted to see me all the time they just can't you know so I think that something is family life by itself and how we operate differently is really interesting I remember learning about we culture and me culture back in the day (laughs) Um, how for some cultures collectivity is crucial you know like your your family your community is part of who you are and being together is one of the main reasons why you do what you do you live life you work you do whatever you know it's to support your your community and it's so so community orientated and and you just don't look after yourself you look after others and once again I don't want to moralize any of this at all I'm just kind of spilling (laughs) some of the facts around that I I don't want to look at it as better or worse good or bad it's just how some cultures operate and then we have the me culture which is more um more commonly found on the west you know it's kind of more the it's boosting the individuality and it's you know more about my own benefit and what's going to be best for me and um kind of more related to what this says over here if you know, kind of like leaving home at 18 and, and your family probably expecting you to have it all together by 25 and, you know, um, follow that life path of, yeah, of, of the um, maybe the success ladder that we very commonly see nowadays all over. Then there was this really interesting point about emotional expressiveness and it talks about how in some cultures being emotionally, like just overly emotional emotional could be an asset and in some other cultures it's seen kind of like as an issue and this is something that I see with myself all the time I I don't know if it's because I'm a cancer but I am very emotional and in some places I've been I'm pointed out all the time it's either like oh my god you're such a drama queen or oh my god you're so emotional or oh my god you're always you know I've I have felt like a burden you know, because I, I show my emotions and, um, you know, it's not like I'm going to be crying all the time, but, um, even with my friend group, I've, with friend groups that I've had in the past, I, if I show my emotions, sometimes I get comments like, you know, whatever, pointing out at the fact that maybe being emotional is not 
the best thing. And in some other places, you know, people have told me like, I just admire so much um, how transparent you are with your emotions or I just really like how emotional and expressive you are you know I I just find it interesting you know and that's the moment where I was like I don't think it's good or bad because initially I was like oh my god it's such it's like horrible I hate being this emotional like I hate it but then on the other side people would also be telling me like you know in a different context or in a different place that be like it's so amazing that you can actually cry it's so amazing that you you know laugh so hard or you whatever (laughs) you laugh out loud I don't know um and yeah and then in that moment I was like I don't think it's good or bad like I think we can't moralize these things like it's not that easy to say it's good or bad it just it just is you know what I mean and so that's when I was like yeah like I it's it's I feel so I feel so moved thinking that I ever thought that it was wrong feeling the way that I was feeling because people would tell me what they thought about from their own cultural beliefs which are so valid and once again this is one of the reasons why this writer is like stating that it's beyond us and it's I don't think it's necessarily bad I think that sometimes we must understand and we need the validation from others about not everything relying on us and sometimes these cultural differences making a a huge impact I can say from my own experience throughout the years that truly truly cultural differences and and even language barriers and all of that plays a massive role in how we are treated and perceived and sometimes that's too much to handle and sometimes it, it it's a lot and it's okay if we are feeling like shit even if we're trying our bests you know if if you feel terrible still even if you have been working on yourself for so long or you're starting or you want to or whatever it's it you should not feel like it's your fault and you should not feel like a burden or you should not feel like a failure that's all I'm gonna say right now anyway moving on um and then um the third point that she um that she points out is that I'm quoting, you've come to internalize these issues as a core problem with you rather than society. I I think I grew up kind of with a mindset of like, don't blame the outside, look within and see what's wrong, you know, and that's something that I've talked about on this podcast for such a long time. And I, once again, I don't want it to come across as me being fully self-help energy baddie. Um... So this is also something that I agree with, I must say. Um, Let me just read a little bit. So it says, maybe you read countless blog posts, see your therapists regularly, meditate, exercise, appreciate the outdoors, buy wholesome food, cook, clean, are nice with strangers, and have some friends that you hang out with. But you still struggle with suicidal thoughts. This is something that I like literally like all those activities you know like the meditate exercise bring all, all those things it's just like it's the things that I do on a daily basis just because I know they support my well-being and my mental health most of the time but on those other times I do feel really low and I'm like absolutely like I agree with this like sometimes I do all of this and still I feel horrible anyway um I'm still gonna be, be um I'm still reading the 
article. These solutions focus on the individual as, a, as driver of their own fate, master of their own destiny. But how much are we really in control of our destinies? Open question, open for your own interpretations, open for disagreement or agreement. Um, self-help teaches us to believe we have control, but so many things are beyond our control. In that moment, I just like started crying even more because I was like, this is so true. You know, like for instance, in my situation, I'm like, it's honestly beyond my control. The fact that I rely on a visa and that it's expiring, you know what I mean? It's like, that's beyond my control. And no matter how much I eat well, I meditate, I go for a run, um, that might not change in this time and space right now. Like that's kind of like the facts and the way that I handle it and the way that I, you know, um, carry myself through this process. Yeah. And some part, it depends on me. Absolutely. But on the other side, there's so many aspects like this one, for example, but there's countless of things in society that do not benefit everybody. And, and, and that's why so many of us feel so frustrated and, and so lonely and heartbroken sometimes. And truly, when I talk to some people, like, I think last night, I, I realized that I don't know if I feel very understood by people around me. Um, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. But sometimes when I talk to my family or my some of my friends who I open up with, I get the same kind of responses of like, you know, things will get better or, you know, it's fine. You know, it's temporary and, and no pain, no gain, you know, whatever the fuck. And, and I'm just like, yes, I appreciate w- your words and whatever, but this is not what I want to hear. You know, sometimes, sometimes if we ourselves are going through this, we don't want to hear this. And if someone is going through that, believe me, they don't want to hear that. Either they're suicidal or they're just going through a really tough moment. I I think that we must be very, very cautious with the kind of words of support that we offer the other person just because it's not we offer from a headspace that the other person might not be immersed in in that moment you know what I mean something really interesting I also came across from this writer was that she was saying that optimism and pessimism are distorted distorted versions of reality which kind of blew my mind to think about that um you know so like if we offer someone who is pessimistic in that moment we offer some optimism we're kind of like offering (laughs) some distortion to their distortion you know what I mean we're kind of like feeding onto that distortion in a different way so it's kind of like two languages that do not understand each other do not feed onto each other I mean they might but you know when it comes to a person who's really struggling and then someone comes in and tries to say something so out of context it's yeah not ideal um and so yeah in that moment honestly um I was like I mean yeah I just came back home and I was kind of just crying and I came across these writings and reading them I was like I love this this is truly the kind of information that I wanted to come across and right now I don't need to journal my thoughts I mean, well, I wrote a little bit, but, you know, (laughs) I don't need to, you know, be a productive baddie queen and get back on track with what James Clear is telling me to do, you know, 
I admire and love James Clear, but, you know, it's not the self-help moment that I need. And sometimes we feel pressure from ourselves even, you know, knowing that in this, like, self-help mentality, it's like, oh my god, it's in my hands to feel good, and I'm not feeling good, it's my fault, I suck it or not. And, and, you know, it's like a cycle. And so, reading these articles, well, I read a couple, this one and the other one, um... But yeah, and reading these things where I was kind of not subject to absorb some inspiration, inspirational quotes or memories or, um, or you know, great examples, inspiration from great people. I don't know. I didn't feel lectured on that. I was like, this is so healing and I love this so much. And I felt seen and, and heard and I was like, thank you so much. I Most of the times I feel like my battles, like when I'm overseas, I just, you know, it's just me who navigates them and nobody really sees them or, you know, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. And so I felt seen and that was really amazing. And so, yeah, I, I think that if you're feeling um, all of this to say that if you feel not good if you're struggling and having a moment or having longer than a moment having a a a period of time that's really tough for you I I don't think it's it fully relies on us and it's not your fault and probably to an extent it's also um, nothing to do with you you know sometimes things are bigger than us either it's mental illness or um or societal cultural conditions and you know all those things and so I think that to an extent absolutely we can do and we can nurture ourselves and that's truly what I stand for in here you know it's like we can do what we can do and that's the best we can do and sometimes that does not feel like it's enough but um what it's in our in our hands we can we can choose and yeah but on the other side I think that there also should be a wider understanding that when some people are really going through crisis and struggling they don't need this they don't need this si- this single sided um philosophy of life that some dude came up with no just kidding but that you know that this prescribed truth that seems to be well truth between quotes because you know truth that seems to be like oh everything depends on ourselves and and we need to thrive and that's a very western point of view and I think that if we connected to ancient roots and ancient philosophies indigenous philosophies there's also more meaning as it is on the personal level there's also meaning with connection with nature and and others around us and I think that sometimes when we when we don't have that we feel emptiness and that's okay and that's not good nor bad. I think something I also really stand for is not moralizing things like these. It's so hard kind of having a stance and a posture of like like an absolute, you know, of like this is good, this is bad and wrong right. I'm so wrong or I'm so right and you should smile and think positive affirmations and you know I think all of those things are tools and don't get me wrong like in many other situations where where I've, I've I have had my breakdowns I use many other things that I talk about in here and have really helped me and I'm like oh wow like you know if I'm if I'm alone if I'm by myself 
I do feel in control, you know, because it's my own space and, you know, or even out in the world, I feel that to an extent there's always um, things in our control. Um, but on the other side, um, there's also things that are out of our con- out of our control, and that's a fact. And I think that um, there's nothing wrong with feeling overwhelmed about it. And I'm really sorry if we if if you, for example, have been struggling with that and you have not found the love, the words of support that you might be needing right now. I think the best we can do is when someone is going through these. I think the lighter on the lighter aspect of what I want to say today is that we can we can share this journey with someone when we are the ones listening to someone who's going through crisis. I think that we can offer our support and we can ask the person what they might need from us. Um I went to a mental health um training situation I can't remember the proper name but um but I remember that we were talking about you know when when we were kind of like this link between the person the suicidal person and and um you know bigger support you know like um like professional support professional help you know it was kind of like about me like for instance me being the bridge between the person and and professional support but when this person is telling us you know whatever they're feeling it's not about trying to change how they feel or trying to offer them our perspective on things or even like bringing our own experience, our own baggage and just like putting it on the table. It's more about truly listening and validating the emotions. I think that's the best thing that we can do, validate and make them feel like they are right to feel that way and they should not change their feelings and they should trust what they're feeling and, and that it's okay. Yeah, I feel, for instance, me, I tend, like, I know how I tend to go. And when I'm on a on crisis, I just kind of, like, tend to shelter. Like the little cancer crabby I am. No, anyway, sorry. <clears throat> um, No, yeah, I tend to shelter. And so when someone knows that, they kind of are like, no, let me just be with you. You know, I want to be with you. Let me be with you. And let's just, you know... Because sometimes when we ask someone if they want to be by themselves and they by instinct say yes, especially if they're going through crisis, we don't want to feel like burden, okay? Like sometimes we don't, we cannot even ask for anything, like, you know. So I think making sure that maybe you spend some time with the person, you know, maybe not asking a million trillion questions and maybe not trying to instigate and get them to speak on every single thing that they feel, but just just making them just kind of just reminding them that they are held you know just holding them for a second um spending some time together you know kind of making just checking on them making sure that their basic needs are being met um I've been in moments where I've come to cook for for, for a friend and we cook together and we spend time together and I'm sure that you know they are they feel held and seen and you know that not our relationship or conversation gravitates around them being something I'm worried about in that moment you know what I mean if I'm worried about them in that moment I'm not gonna make them feel like that's the case it's you know kind of truly about bringing more things onto the table and and yeah just kind of like looking at quality time and um at least if you can't do that definitely validate 
the emotions and if you feel like someone around you is at risk um get in contact with professional help definitely get in contact with professional help that's what they need they don't need advice personal advice they don't need a book that talks about a self-help book for instance inspirational stuff around those things yeah sure you know it's cute but that's not what's going to you know cure someone with severe mental illness so whatever the case is if you are navigating something really tough or if you are probably support to someone who's going through something very tough you are not alone there's many incredible people who are either writing about these things or willing to support and teach others to be better support i think we should all within our capacity learn to be better support and to be better support to hold ourselves and to hold others around us if it's within our capacity and of course i think um yeah i i don't know it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of, it feels kind of weird kind of like not giving anything else away i kind of just wanted to talk about that because it's something that it has been in my head and yesterday i think was the perfect outcome just feeling this heavy and then coming across these writings that just validated how I was feeling and I felt really just way better you know even if it was not a physical person you know I mean if I was not physically with anyone I I felt like I was not lonely and like I was in the right for feeling whatever I was feeling so if you're feeling that way I truly I'm really sorry and I really hope that you have the support network or you find the support network and just want to remind you that you are not alone at all many of us don't talk about these moments but many or most of us experience very very low moments in our daily lives all of them to a different extent and yeah different conditions but i think we can all relate to life sometimes feeling quite tough and sometimes we feel quite helpless and yeah but i think it's I don't know there's something kind of beautiful about knowing that we're not alone in this and that we can always find empathy and kindness from a stranger or someone around us that really moves me and I can say that from a place where I usually get to places where I don't know anyone and where yeah I somehow managed to find kindness and come across people who open their hearts to me and just reminds me that how tender life can be and how grateful I am to you know have some sort of reminder that there is humanity still and yeah and that it's not our fault to feel the way that we feel sometimes anyway um let me know your thoughts. I would absolutely love to know your thoughts around self-help content. Um, absolutely would not would love to know that. <laughs> um, once again, I I'm not against self-help. I'm not against um, any of what I mentioned in here. I just find that contradictions are quite interesting sometimes, and that we can take away 
um, from these two perspectives, you know, from the self-help point of view, it's interesting to look at certain things. And from the, um, this writer seems to be a little bit anti-self-help, so probably we can call it anti-self-help point of view. It's also really interesting pointing out towards the, um, the wider context rather than the internal one. So really interesting stuff. Um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. If you think that this episode would be of use to anyone, uh, make sure you share. Um, make sure, yeah, you follow the podcast at Amora Podcast. Me, Barbara, at Bimbrella. <laughs> I love saying that. And I would love to, yeah, acknowledge that there was quite emotional heaviness in this space. And so I will leave a closing karakia. Um, on the description which is um, alleviates emotional heaviness and lead us to a state of noah so that's um, interior maori just like a few words that we would say um, in a space to kind of like alleviate the heaviness and so i'm just going to leave it below in interior maori and in english for you all to read and go through um, i'm just going to read it in english so that um, yeah it's just easier withdraw from the sacred to the world untouched so that our heart body and spirit can be free of restrictions and move to the path prepared for us there is rongo suspended high above us draw together affirm thank you for connecting today i am very happy that i can share in this space so i would love to hear back from you and yeah i really hope you have a wonderful week lots of light lots of love lots of peace sending you a big hug wherever you are ciao ciao